All right, we're on the air. Yo, this is uh, Beat People. I'm uh, Corey Banks. You may know me as Beat Boy Tech. And um, I got a couple guests in the house today as we uh, talk about all things gear. And we'll probably dive into some synthesis and some cool stuff and just kind of get on into it today. So I'm gonna kick it over to um, Felicia and Alyssa. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks Hi, for having Corey. us. Thanks for having us word so yeah i've been checking out you, you know we've been following each other on uh ig for a minute and i like what y'all doing with the synth library uh so but we're gonna get around to it. let me just introduce uh flux and then we're just gonna have a good time and chat a little bit today about gear and whatever else that comes up hey everybody Yo, kenneth, kenneth flux hi i'm here i'm here i'm alive today so what's going on man How you uh, i'm doing okay i'm just kind of trying to get organized i'm getting ready to do some some new videos i'm doing part two of the souls be synths Ossitron video today um so i'm kind of getting some stuff together for that and testing out some other gear so just happy to have everybody here and say hi word word so let's uh felicia and Alyssa. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, as we get started here, kind of introduce yourselves and what you're doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Alyssa, and I work at 4MS, and I co-founded the Synth Library Felicia. We're out here in Portland, Oregon. Um, we like doing all kinds of things at the Synth Library, and we work with artists from all different backgrounds and local, national, international, and we like to workshops and playing Word. <laughs> um, my name's Felicia. I am the executive director of S1, which is the home of the Synth Library, an art space, and uh, I'm the other co-founder of the Synth Library. Um, I've been really focused on getting good at modular synth, so that's been my hobby slash practice lately. Word. You do you do live performances or like do you have like am I correct and think you have a, a DJ background, right, Felicia? Yeah, I've played live and DJed for a while, but I haven't played live with modular until the Smith Library started. So okay. I was like okay. doing a lot more like collage vocal sampler style stuff before okay. the Smith Library. And obviously I still incorporate that, but it's changed quite okay. a bit. So you do perform with modular now? Yeah, I do. Dope, dope. Well, so how do you how do you go about incorporating that with the DJ setup? Like, uh, are you controlling it somehow with your DJ setup, or you just, or or are you just you know doing your set with only modular? So for DJ stuff, I'll use XDJs, CDJs. We have a tractor controller, so I don't really use modular for DJ stuff. Although I have been making some samples with modular, and I'll throw those over some like techno tracks. But it's not really live modular with DJs, so like it's a separate thing. It's a separate thing. Okay. But I'm trying to find ways to incorporate it because I have a lot of fun like making samples with modular. So I'm like, why not use them for my DJ sets? But it's still a new thing. So that that's interesting. Well, let me tell you, I, I um, I have uh, you know, I'm an MPC guy. So mm -hmm. with new MPCs coming out, I've been considering performing live. Um, and, and my background is like as a as my background, I'm an M, I'm an MC, right? So mm -hmm. I've performed with bands and with DJs, and and in the last few years, I've done a lot more music production than I have writing raps and and making songs, right? So I want to get back into performing again, and I'm so I'm thinking about this whole thing of how it would go about it if I would try to incorporate uh, modular, or you know, I have this idea of using two MPCs, but I have no clue if I'll really venture off into that. So, Alyssa's sending me stuff where she's singing with modular. You should have her give me some tips because then maybe you could have your setup, your modular setup, and then you could rap over it. Oh like, yeah, right that would be dope. That would yeah. be dope. So, uh, uh, Alyssa, you you're doing NPC stuff with modular, or what kind of NPC you rocking? Uh, no, I like mostly making drone music, but I do like using vocals and all kinds of things to interact with my modular. And yeah. I rely on the Sputnik preamp and envelope generator module for most of that. And 
I have yet to find a thing that it's not perfect for. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> so let, let, let's uh, pull back a little bit. I want to go into, uh, tell us more about the Synth Library. Okay. <laughs> so we, uh, we opened uh, at the end of May last year. Yeah. And uh, we're volunteer run and open five days a week. Um, we mm -hmm. monthly intro classes for everyone and also for female and non-binary people. And after you learn a little bit about how to patch, you're welcome to come into the library as often as you want. And there's always a facilitator there with you to help answer any questions and help you with all of our gear. Uh, at this point, we have gear from over 30 different manufacturers. Uh, we have pedals, Euro rack, non-modular sense. We have computers set up with Ableton so people can record and yeah, it's just sort of oh. open exploration. So dope. Okay, so you can go all the way from just exploratory to checking out whatever you all have there, but then actually recording with Ableton. Do you all like instruct people on how to how to record in Ableton, or is it just kind of like, yo, I'm messing with this, I want to record it, and where do I go? <laughs> there are some facilitators that are really like, I'm somewhat okay at Ableton. I'm not like professional at it but I use them to record and so, and a lot of the facilitators are like that. So we'll have intro and we're gonna expand our Ableton classes when we move, cause we're moving soon. Okay. Um, but most of the facilitators are able to help students with Ableton and get them set up for recording if they don't know how. Right. And we okay. do have a intro to Ableton classes taught by one of our awesome facilitators, Jerry Joyner, so that's pretty lucky too. No. Uh, hold on, let's see. Yeah, is that stuff asking. all um, like a subscription-based thing, or is it free to the community? Or like, how, how do you guys work uh, funding that place? <laughs> like, how, how, do, how do we work funding it, or how do people pay? Uh, a little bit of both. Sliding, yeah. Everything's on a sliding scale, mm -hmm. um, and so it's fifteen dollars a month, starting for uh, five days week for the month but no one's turned away through lack of funds so if people don't have it they're welcome to just let us know and come in anyway yeah we're, awesome. yeah we're just not really about that it's a struggle but it's important that everyone has access to that gear and that's was really important for me too like when we were talking before we started like i never really touched modular because i was like there's no way there's no way i can afford this so i'm not going to get into it it's not it's not for me and so since the library started, I felt very empowered to, to, to play tons of different gear I never would have before. And I feel like a lot of students feel that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's actually what's dope about that is because that is a real problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the yeah. reason that so many of us either don't get into modular or, you know, you get into modular long after you've considered it because, you know, you got to find a way to, like, I literally purged a lot of gear that either I didn't use as much or, you know, whatever that I didn't think was, was as dope as modular so that I can get into modular. So I definitely know how that is. Um, so um, <clears throat> how, so you all get donations from, you said, like 30 different uh, manufacturers. Mm -hmm. You all have to go out and kind of curate that kind of situation. Um, yeah, my day job at 4MS puts me uh, at a lot of these conferences, and so I'm usually at NAM and Moogfest and Superboots and all these things. Dope, dope, okay. So yeah, that, that makes sense. So you're kind of in the network, it gives you kind of a good um, end to be able to talk with the people and be saying like, yo, we got this synth library and you should support it, basically. Yeah, and Alyssa's so charming, <laughs> it just works every time. <laughs> but you know what though you know what i've noticed is that the um so here's the thing from at least from my background coming from you know performing and having a band music as an artist musician and and being out there on the performance scene and, and selling records and stuff that's a very competitive thing the community can be very competitive and you know it's just a different kind of thing so when i started blogging that's how i met like ken and saint joe and and all of the fellas that that i roll with the squad and what what that showed me was that it seems like the blogosphere is 
much more community based and the whole beat maker community is is like you know really supportive of one another and i see that in modular synthesis too as far as like all the manufacturers and it's a small community everybody knows each other and they're really supportive so i wouldn't be surprised like you know it's uh that, that you're halfway there anyway, just because of the, the, the makeup of the community. Yeah, and the support has been really great. It's been really nice to see, like, to just get mail. Like, Alyssa will send me pictures because people will send stuff to 4MS, and I'm like, hey, it's like Christmas. <laughs> like, we just no got life, a life forms, and I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to play this. <laughs> oh, dope. Is it the. Um... Is it the life forms, the voice one? What is it called? The uh, SB1? Yeah, SB1, Black Fox is what we got. Yeah. Yeah. So, so awesome. Dope, dope. Yeah, I have a friend of mine that, that just recently got one and he loves it. Um, he he refuses to go full modular, and, uh, <laughs> but he's he's loving all the semi-modular stuff. And, and that's what I keep telling people. I'm like, you know, the semi-modular market um, is really a great market to get into just because it, it takes out a lot of the guesswork, a lot of the, um, the more, as I was saying off the air, some of the boring things that you have to learn in order to get into a modular, um, you know, some of the case, some of the cases that are coming out now, like the Mantis case and stuff like that are kind of taking a, a lot of that stuff out of it so that you can just buy the case with the power and put it in and go. But this is like even a step further and really helping people kind of, understand you know how to just get into it and some of the signal path and signal flow is already there for you so i think that stuff is great yeah we've been so moog is so generous to the synth library and um i've gotten really into the mother 32 and we've been teaching on it we just did a thing at cinco 2 which was like an expo here in portland uh run by control voltage and we like ran the moog room and uh we had like a little tent zone and we um did some workshops for female non-binary folks in there and we use the Mother 32s and it's really fun because you just, you can do a quick intro to synthesis and then sync all of them. So there's like, they're all tempoed. And so even if someone doesn't really know how to play synths, at least everyone's in time and it gives them like some feeling like they understand what's going on even though it goes really fast, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really, I really like teaching on the Mother 32. That's dope. Actually, I, um, I have a Mother 32 over here. I did a, a review on the Mother 32 not long ago. You know, one of the things I had to kind of get over with the Mother 32 is that, I, 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 as you can see behind me, there's a Voyager, right? And I had a Slim Fatty before. So, you know, sometimes you can come at gear with a preconceived notion of what it might be, what it might do. And the, the the voicing on it is a little different, but filtering and all that is very much Moog. So I was kind of expecting a different sound, but I definitely like what it is. And I think it's one of the dopest on-ramps out there. Like things like uh, Mother 32, the joint that you all just got, mm -hmm. uh, the SV1. Um, what's that one from Make Noise, the O-Coast? O-Coast, we have one of those too. Nice. How do you like that one? I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's actually something that um, I've been heavily considering picking up as well, just because Corey knows that I, I'm a nut for like gear that I can just kind of grab and make ridiculous noise with while sitting in the car and that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> like I used to keep an MPC 2000 XL in my car. So that's, yeah. that's absolutely nuts though. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I love like, I, I don't know, like I just love being able to make music in non-traditional spaces. Um, and that thing is like, wow, you know, I don't have to bring out like this huge expensive modular to get those mm. sort of timbre, you know, I can, I can, play around with with something like that i think that combined with like a mother 32 or or the life forms and you know those kinds of things just put them in a little suitcase and go and annoy the heck out of my neighbors and <laughs> that's your goal in life I annoy yeah you. pretty much <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it I, uh, <laughs> yeah i taught um analog synthesis in a prison for female youth and every girl in the class had an o coast and that was like the awesome. primary uh learning tool and then we had a central euro rack set up and the ocos was really helpful especially in bridging the gap between having the language necessary to ask for exactly what you want your synth to sound like because you mm. can dial in the tamp on your oaks and say like this is the kind of sound i'm trying to make on my euro rack 
how would I patch that or whatever. Right, right. That's dope. I mean, <clears throat> okay. I'm not going to gloss over the fact like uh, the Ocos is dope in itself, but what's really dope is that you taught synthesis to youth, incarcerated youth. Like that's, that's crazy dope. How, how'd that all come about? We got Hello? kind of frozen. Oh, okay. sorry. So yeah, he was, I was asking just... about um, teaching youth to uh, or teaching analog synthesis to the female incarcerated youth. Uh, how you got into that? Um, I got into that through the community college here. Portland Community College is technically my employer, and they run a program in this facility for juvenile youth. Dope, dope. Can you so tell us a little it, bit about that program? Just you know, what your experiences were like. I think that's that's something that um, I think the more people are aware of being able to do those sorts of programs, you know, the more mm -hmm. programs like that can pop up. Uh, I think that's really great. So can you just tell us a little bit about what that experience was like? Sure. Well, the dean found me because of the synth library and seeing the similarities. Uh, we run non-traditional classrooms for all experience levels all the time um, as it is and so in that way uh, it was just another experimental uh, modular learning class um, the girls I found were my best students and I wonder if it's because they're like teenagers and teenagers are so killing it with technology like anytime I show them something they just somehow got it or something which is amazing to me and my mind was blown at the end of every class at how capable uh, everyone was of picking up all of these really weird concepts just so quick. What was it? What was the turnout for something like that? Uh, like, did you did you have so was it um, choice enrollment? I'm sorry, but in prison it's not really like that. So well, that's what I'm asking. I'm saying was it was it something that it was? Did they get the choice into it or stuff like that? No. Yeah. Yeah, prison super sucks, and there's a bunch of crappy rules and limitations, and so relatively few people are able to get the security clearance and grades necessary to take my class because it is a college class. Uh, there's about eight girls, and there's not usually more than that available per session that meet the requirements. That's still that's still pretty decent, though, for, for something like that. That's pretty cool. I think that's really dope. So that that's that's an interesting way to to that that it's implemented. It's implemented as a college course, basically. <clears throat> yeah, it's college kind of prep and analog synthesis. Uh, because Dan Green, who owns 4MS, also teaches analog synthesis at Portland Community College, and so our classes are linked. So after they take mine, they would be able to go out and go to college and take it. Man, that's, cool. that's so dope. I'm very impressed with that. So, let, okay, so look at this. You you guys are teaching synthesis at, um, you know, uh, local college level and then teaching synthesis in, for incarcerated youth, uh, female youth on top of that. I mean, that I got to give you a lot of props for that because I think that's so dope that you're kind of bringing that to people that probably wouldn't otherwise be able to kind of get into synthesis. And then... On top of that, you have the synth library that, you know, just for the average Joe that may be interested can kind of come over and get into it. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, what's really cool about it is because we do like two two classes a month and one of those classes is for female and non-binary folks only. Like mm -hmm. the majority of our students are pretty diverse and we have like, you know, a lot of times when I go into a synth shop, it's mostly dudes, you know? And so it's nice to be able to walk in the synth library and see all different types of people playing. It feels really positive in there. Like, it feels like the balance is like, right, you know? Yeah, 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 no doubt. So why do you think um, that it's, well, I feel like this is a stupid question and if Stoney <laughs> was on here, I'm gonna ask it anywhere, but if Stoney was on here, she'd probably jump through and try to strangle me because when I ask <laughs> questions that are like female or male based, it's, it's, it's just like, what are you stupid or something? But anyway, well, why do you think that it's there's not a lot of women that are into uh, synthesis and stuff like that? 
<laughs> I mean, or so is there? we know. Maybe I just yeah. don't know. Yeah, we know a lot of women who are into synthesis. So that's, yeah. you know, there's like, I don't even know how to answer this. Yeah. Well, you know so I, always, I feel like women, women, okay, if, uh, I think it's because of the whole damn system, uh, capitalism and patriarchy and like uh, the current globalization that we're dealing with. And like, there's a lot of different groups of people who are economically disadvantaged and that's going to affect your ability to access modular. People are treated differently in school when they're learning about math and science. That's going to affect your ability to learn something like this. Uh, different groups of people are acknowledged and given attention for the work they do, and some people are not seen for the work that they do. So that also affects the perception of who plays modular. And so I think all of these things pile up on each other because nothing is totally isolated. And so you're kind of like at a cross point of a bunch of different things by the time you are uh, a body in front of a modular synthesizer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what, that it, it kind of, <clears throat> this kind of stuff comes up, there's a couple times, I'll tell you, there was an article written, Ken, do you remember that article that was written where it was like basically, where the hell are all the black guys in synthesis? Oh God, yeah, <laughs> that, that, yeah that was all bad, that was all bad. And then they cited me and St. Joe, like here's a couple black guys that it was just <laughs> yeah, that, did, that did not, <sighs> That was not an okay situation. Did you write that? Did you say anything about that? Uh, we, I, no. I, we, we said a lot. We said a lot, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> was, there was a lot of personal conversations going on, but yeah. There was a lot of... Well, you know what? And I'm, I, I try to be a, a, a nice guy, cool guy. I was actually cool about it because I know that like... Uh, yeah, I know David in the chat is like, what? What article is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I tried we, to cool. Needless to I say, know. we didn't give it much press. Yeah, we, we didn't. We kind of <laughs> lost over. And then, you know, actually in one of the forums on Facebook, there was some conversation about it. Like, what kind of fool? And, <laughs> and so it was just, um, it, was a, it was a tripped out thing. But I will tell you, though, um, I, I do know that there's like a bit of a barrier to get into synthesis or uh, analog synthesis, modular specifically, when it comes to hip hop. And so, you know, Ken and I, our perspective is hip hop and boom bap. And I think a lot that make boom bap probably aren't into hip hop. One, because boom bap is based on sampling records. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sampling and, and that's kind of the core of it. And so what we've been doing, and certainly, you know, I know since Ken's been into synthesis and, and uh, modular synthesis, he's been incorporating it into his music and his boom bap and stuff. And that's exactly what I do. Um, so I want to be able to make it more accessible or at least kind of show an on rap for cats that do, you know, hip hop music that like you can incorporate these new kind of sounds and generate, you know, your own kind of sample library just from that stuff. And I think, I think for me, at least a lot of it is, um, when I was, you know, a teenager record digging, um, and going to all the thrift meets and everything, the vast majority of the records that I would get super excited about were early electronic music records. Um, and with, with Eurorack and its popularization and, and the way things are going these days. And also there's a, you have to give a big credit to just YouTube and social media in general for being able to disseminate the information out to people. Um, because just like when you and I first started making hip hop records, it was really hard for us to get, um, you know, Hey, you know, this is the way X person is sequencing on, on his MPC. And this is the way this person's mm -hmm. doing it. And a lot of that stuff was really hard to, to get that information out. Same thing with synthesis. And, um, but now it's becoming so much easier for people to get knowledge on these things that a lot of the stuff that I make, um, you had mentioned sampling modular as opposed to playing live with it so much. Um, that's a lot of why I got into it was because I wanted to make my own Morton Sabotnik type sounds that I could sample and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, and, and plus, Hey, Corey, I don't know if you know this. Um, some of my best friends are black synthesis. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Ken. That's very cool. <laughs> but you gotta no, get like, together with those guys and hang out. <laughs> yeah. You should meet them sometime. <laughs> they, they don't exist. I'm, I'm lying. <laughs> 
So. <laughs> That's right. Where are all the black synthesis dudes? Well, the coolest <laughs> thing about that is that people start roll calls of black dudes that do synthesis. Yeah, it really. Like, <laughs> it was like, there's this dude, this Johnny from up the block, too. Johnny from up the block does synthesis. I don't even know why you don't know him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't know Tyrone, the synth guy? Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I digress. <laughs> so look, I got, I got these records over here. Um, and that is one of the things that pushed me to get into synthesis. If I could find any of them, there's um, not Sabotnik, but uh, Klaus another Schultz. dude named uh, Morton. Something. So, there's so many. There's so <laughs> many. I mean, there's, there's so many great ones. Uh, and that's the thing, though, is like, you know, when I... I had been talking to Joe and, and you and everybody for a long time, just saying, you know, oh, one day I'm going to have a modular. One day I'm going to I'm going to be able to, you know, really just break free of of the regular signal path that I can get from the synthesizers that I have now. One day I'm going to I'm going to do this. And then finally, I can remember talking to Joe when I took the the leap into doing it. And, and he was just like, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. And I was like, man, listen, I'm telling you, you're going to have one of these. Just watch. And then sure enough, a few years later, he's like, man, so I got a case. <laughs> you know what did it for me, though? <clears throat> and I actually want to hear, like, uh, what what in, in kind of, you know, was the kind of breaking point for um, for, for, for uh, Felicia and Alyssa to get into synthesis. But what did it for me is doing reviews and sampling records so i started buying a bunch of moog records from the 60s and 70s um and i just i just i was blown away by the compositions that were on there and it was such like it was these were sounds that were otherworldly and then it started to bring other things to light like yo listen to all those sounds and then i started thinking about the stuff that i grew up on like stevie wonder and <clears throat> stuff like this peter brown Oh, yeah. Right. Peter Brown used a bunch of ARP synthesizers um, and he was like a real ill composer with the stuff, too. Uh, but when I started getting into these records and the Moog records and all this different stuff, I just started to see that, like, yo, there's a whole different world of stuff out there. Then uh, going to NAM, I ran into um, my man from Pittsburgh Modular and he was he was cool enough to send me one of his systems to review. And I mean, I had the thing forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And <laughs> it, it got to a point where I, I reached out to him, apologized, like, yo, I, I'm going to send it back. I, I mean, the review is up. OK, I'm going to send it back. I couldn't afford to buy it because I still would have uh, bought it from him. But at that point, I couldn't afford to buy it. So I knew at that point when I sent Pittsburgh Modular System back that I would be uh, getting a modular system. And it's, it's it, like two years after that, I ended up building my own system. And uh, it's been a wrap ever since. So, <clears throat> Alyssa, Felicia, like, how'd you all kind of get the bug to get into to synthesis? Um, I was curating a series focused on females in Austin. Uh, it was called Lady Friends, and it uh, showcased females in experimental noise and free jazz music. And within oh, wow. that nonprofit, uh, there were a bunch of different series going on, and one of them was handmade music. Uh, I learned how to solder and circuit bend toys, and uh, <laughs> after doing all that for a while and making little sound toys and stuff, I was pretty close to a Euro rack module and just kept going. Yeah. Dope, dope. So. <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, go, go for it. Um, I grew up, my dad was a musician, so music has always been the most important thing in my life. And uh, I think about it all day, every day. And I guess I didn't really like, like I was saying earlier, I didn't really like see modular in my future. Um, I was interested in it. <laughs> but um, I played synthesizers, just not modular before. And I did tape loops and sound collage and I really am into field recording and um oh, oh. yeah so that's always been a part of my practice but when uh the reason I met Alyssa is because we have a project at at our art space s1 called women's beat league and that's focused on like female non-binary folks uh 
teaching each other DJ skills and like pr production skills. And so that's kind of how the synth library started is Alyssa came to one of our open gear nights where we just all set up our gear and like everyone can try everyone's stuff. And it was like, you know, uh, Erica Anderson who does EMA set up her gear and then we had some CDJs and some turntables and Alyssa came down. She's like, I want to start a modular library. And I was like, Okay. okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so that's that's where this beautiful relationship began. Um, and she's being serious. That really was the whole conversation around it. I just knew as soon as I saw that event that I wanted to be there, and she said yes right away. And our next meeting was, "How are we doing?" It? <laughs> so for me, that's kind of how modular became a part of my life. But I feel like it's the best. The best for me personally, because I don't feel afraid to plug anything into anything. And that's what's really great about it is I'll make a patch and maybe I don't know. And my friends who are really skilled in modular will come and be like, that shouldn't work, but it sounds really cool. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but that's the, that's so, the first thing about modular synthesis for me, because you can kind of just explore and maybe make mistakes. Or, I, you know, I used to fall into a bucket where I would overthink the thing. And I, I really don't, I'm not a proponent of that anymore. I don't want to overthink it. I know that there are certain things that I'm like, yo, I want that model because X, whatever. Mm -hmm. But when I'm patching, you know, sometimes it's a matter of, um, you know, you know, you want modulation or something, or you want to do a little something more, you want to add something to this that you kind of know where you might want to go. But for the most part, you know, a lot of times when I'm getting started, I just kind of patch and let, let's see where it goes. So that experimentation is like a huge part of it for me. Nothing says happy accidents like modular. Word. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. Hey, Ken, I saw you with some records over there. What you pulling out, man? Oh, man. You, you, I have severe ADD. So whenever something like piques my interest, I can't help myself and start grabbing stuff. People know that from other shows. But yeah, I started grabbing <laughs> some, some records that I hadn't looked at in a while. So like Ambient One from Brian Eno um, and uh, Rosenboom and Buchla. Um, just just a bunch of, I just started grabbing them because I was like, oh, after the show, I'm going to start messing with these records. And uh, <laughs> like I said, it's it, it had nothing to do with the show. It's just because I strictly have ADD and it, this, this this is my world. <laughs> Can you turn your ADD down, please? Yeah, I hear you. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but uh, one of the great things that, I, that I've been noticing is um, I've been talking with a lot of younger producers and um, that have come up on like the FL studio world and that sort of thing. And even, even them, they have um, kind of a leg up on some of the slightly older hip hop guys that started out with like sp 1200s s 900 um you know these these older samplers and drum machines because for us it was strictly sampling off of records and you know maybe having a field recorder and all i think i think me and two other guys around here were like the only guys i knew that were actually field recording our own samples at the time um but these guys are all coming up knowing okay yeah you know i can use citrus in fl studio and and this and that um and they've they've all got access to these synthesizers so i like to try to bring people into my setup as much as possible because um i don't have a library which i think is fantastic and my area doesn't have anything like that around here which um i would love to get involved in doing something like that um mm -hmm. but what i try to do is i try to um work with youth around me and bring them into my setup because i have a gluttony of things in here that i would have killed for if i was that age and making music so when I bring them in here, most of them pick it up pretty darn quick. Um, it's, you know, it's not that far to go from using a VST to using, you know, hardware and getting to explore some of those things. And it's not, it's not even the analog digital debate. It's just a matter of how fast your brain can work when you're using your hands. And, you know, they say that you remember things much better when you write them down physically, as opposed to even just typing them out. Um, I think it's kind of the same with synthesis. If you patch a signal flow yourself, you'll know it and understand it a lot better than just setting it up in, I mean, reactor is cool for that, like using blocks and those sorts of things, but actually physically doing it. Um, I think it, it, I learned probably tenfold about synthesis in the first year that I got modular, you know? Word. I, I can agree with that because there's nothing like having your hands in it. Like you said, that's, 
like you can you know what to tell you the truth <clears throat> i think um you could read all the stuff you want to read and it 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 just may not sink in <laughs> you know what i mean it may even be overwhelming but until you put your hands on it and you you know just the idea of oh that's what the lfo does <laughs> you know what i mean now even if you after after you've actually experienced what these different things do then you can go back and read about it or maybe you can get more into it and start to get more information it'll start to make sense but i think having your hands on it makes a huge difference that's that's actually why i commend you you, you both on the synth library like opening that up for people um i i thought about a couple times like starting to do that kind of stuff for the youth but I just can't find time to do much of the stuff that I already do. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hours in the day. I think time yeah. is is all of our greatest enemy. But you know, certainly, we just don't empty. do it sleep. Yeah. That's true. I also don't have a personal life. <laughs> <laughs> this is our personal yeah. life. So. We belong to the people. Yeah, at least we're friends, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. <laughs> okay, we belong to synthesis. <laughs> That's it. That's a t-shirt. We belong to synthesis. <laughs> so, okay, like <clears throat> lately, tell me what, what some of your favorite uh, modules are that you've been messing with lately. Uh, I mean, I've been lucky enough to be playing with 4MS prototypes lately, so... I've been getting pretty into the sampling module, which I've been waiting for. It feels like forever. Yeah. I remember seeing that like two NAMs ago. So yeah, that's right. I also remember that, and I still don't have one. But hopefully this. <laughs> <laughs> when's it? When's it supposed to come? Or is it kind of like still in development? Uh, it's coming along, and hopefully. Sometime after Superbooth, it will be out, yeah. We're getting a question in the chat about um, if the synth library takes donations, and if so, how to go about that. Yes, we definitely do. <laughs> um, it's on our website, actually. If you go to s1portland.com, you can click on the synth library tab, and there's a little donation button there. It's a PayPal button. I'm going to – I'll pull the website up so that I can share it. Yeah. Cool, and I'll – Put it in the, the chat. Yeah, go for it. The Pico line from Erica Synth, speaking of all these awesome all-in-one synths or oh whatever, um, I actually do prefer Eurorack to semi-modular things because I have a hard time learning sequencers and different stuff, and I like just the physical act of patching without uh, reading manuals. Um, so the... <laughs> I'll use a button masher. I'll like come over to her on some piece of gear and she'll just be like, oh. Oh my God. no, 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 no. And she's like, no, this is how you do it. This is how you get it. So... <laughs> totally. It, it always works if you press the buttons often enough, you know? <laughs> You're going like, to get some sound somehow, right? <laughs> That's what's up. As, but yeah. you know, I'm kind of a proponent of that too. I, I, you know, I'll read the manual if I have to, and obviously, if I'm doing a review, I may have to read the manual. Manual, but I really like stuff that I could just jump into and start patching. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I really like rings. I've been using that a lot, and I really like a lot of the Bastel modules. I've been learning to menu dive a little bit better. Um, yeah. I've been using the popcorn sequencer and. Um, the granddad. I really like the granddad, the sampler a lot. I've been loading my own samples onto it. And with what, what sort of stuff are you doing with the with the grandpa? Because I was actually just looking at it the other day. I, I don't have one, but um, are you? How to put this? Um, do you notice much latency in it when you're doing, like, if you're triggering samples from it? Because that's most of the samplers that I deal with. Like, that's the one thing that always kind of sticks to me because I do a lot of finger drumming and stuff. So. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I really like it, but I don't really do that. I don't do like finger drumming or anything, so I don't, I don't really know how to, if I can really help you with that. But I've okay. been loading all my samples onto it, and I'll trigger it with the popcorn or like another sequencer, um, and I really like it a lot, just because it can hold a lot of my samples, um, and I'll make like anything from noise to techno with the sampler using the sampler. Awesome. I love, I love, um, 
I've been using the uh, the Expert Sleepers ES8. Uh, mm-hmm. I just got that in. So I've been using that as kind of like a sampler and um, yeah. using it for uh, oscilloscope stuff as well, which is really cool um, because you got DC coupled inputs on it. So you can actually get true waveforms on it, which is pretty, pretty kick ass. But that and um, yeah, uh, I was a little disappointed. Well, you just said scope, and I was just thinking of my favorite things. That data module has got to be oh, one God. of my favorite modules. I want it so bad. <laughs> so cool, and we really rely on it. I had one set up in all the systems I was teaching on, and it's like an invaluable resource when showing people about your ORAC. And it's great because they live here. That, we're very spoiled here in Portland. A lot of our facilitators like actually make modules, you know, and so they've been an amazing resource. Yeah, I think the data module is really, really high on my list. Like data, Omnimod, um, there's there's a bunch of different things out there that I'm really wanting, but data is very high up on my list. I got to play with that a few times, and it's just, I mean, such a great viewing experience. And really, like I was saying, you learn so much from actually seeing your waveform and, and seeing what you're doing to it and that kind of thing. Uh, hey, you know, what is, I get that question What does the data module do? Like, school me on the data module. I've seen it, but I don't think I've really dived into reading it's, about it. I'll pull, I'll pull it up real quick, but that's that. It's an oscilloscope, but it also does a lot more than just that. Yeah. And they just that, upgraded I, their firmware, so it can do, like, X and Y now, maybe, too? Uh, dope. Yeah. It's the Mordax one. Mordax data. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Like when I'm, I'm looking at it and it does, <clears throat> I've seen it a lot. I just don't know much about it. So yeah, this is it right here. Um, really cool module. Um, nice. Yeah. And I believe it does. Um, it can be a VCO as well. Yeah. And a few other things um, like an envelope generator and whatnot, but just very cool. Yeah, it has four inputs and then four uh, outs below that, which is awesome. So you can view multiple things at once. Uh, I love, you know, showing like an original output from an oscillator and then showing it through the filter, for example. And then you can really easily illustrate what a filter is doing to a wave or something. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could see that being a good like uh, tool for teaching, right? Because having that visual aid. Can help a lot of people with just kind of the concepts that you're explaining that's that's actually pretty dope and probably even beyond teaching just using it in your setup so you know what's happening to your waves and kind of what you're doing well yeah that's especially cool. for people who don't like reading manuals like me because then you don't even have to you plug it into the jack you don't want to read about and just straight up see what's going on yep right <laughs> that's <laughs> Hey, can that so that might be a good option for me beyond the oscilloscopes that I've been looking at, huh? Yeah, so I just recently did a um, a thing on the Siglent SDS twelve. What is it? Twelve oh two X oscilloscope, which is a larger format oscilloscope. It's around the same price as Data, but it doesn't go into your rack. One of the major benefits for people like me that would be using the Data is that if you're doing demonstration videos and that sort of thing, is you can put it right next to the module that you're demonstrating and you know, you don't have to do a ton of editing because the oscilloscope is right there. So um, that's one of the main reasons that I want one is, you know, for demo videos and that sort of thing. Dope. Dope. Well, and when you're traveling around, like you don't have to bring an extra power brick and an extra item or whatever. It's just, it's so luxury. Uh, I want everything in Euro rack format, so I only have to pick up one object whenever I'm going anywhere. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. And speaking, of, you know, last night I was, um, well, not speaking of this because we wasn't speaking of this, but. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, so, last night I was, uh, I had uh, two people over to the crib, um, Mark St. Reaches. Oh, yeah. He came over and he dropped off uh, Tone Star. 5089. Well, did he leave the 5089 or no? Am I allowed yeah. to even talk about that? <laughs> sure. Why not? Look at that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is like my, my demo and review rack. So if it's in here, it probably means that I got to do a video of that I've already done a video. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is so dope. <laughs> like I don't even know what else to to say. Like he was doing stuff on it last night, 
And um, also over, so the, the other guy that I had over was Sam Botstein. He's a um, good friend of ours. Yeah. yeah, he's a good friend of ours. And he's sometimes on the show. Um, and he lives near me. And Mark sort of, we all kind of live near each other. So um, I had them both come over. Sam brought his SP-1200 um, classic vintage sampling drum machine. And he also brought something over called a Zulu, which is a hardware tape emulation box it's crazy like i mean i was just sitting here i'm like what the, i got gear already and, and then they brought over all this stuff and i was like this is like a crazy house right now <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean and uh so we started getting into we were using the mpcx um which i don't know if, if you all know but the mpcx is not out yet so i have like a, a early unit and you know doing some testing and uh you know getting to know it and we made some stuff and we really used the mpcx to do the whole thing and mark was i mean he <laughs> we did these chords and stuff with with this uh tone star we we went into the the bass realms i mean this thing is it really has a wide um yo what's up uh who's that k private yo what's happening Sam, what's up um it has a wide palette of sounds i was too impressed now, Ken, the 50, what'd you call it? 5089. Yeah. If but, I have that memor that number memorized right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I wrote it down. It's the 5089, but I think this has you know you're some other kind blend. of filter on the on it, though. Because on the bottom of it, it's like a three-tier, and on the bottom of it, there's a other another kind of filter. So I think this one is a little different than any of the other. Can you hold it up one more time there. so I can just drool? Yeah. <laughs> This is the new panel, I think, that Do it's going to chip with. Yeah. Oh. Beautiful. I can't wait. I'm going to have to. It's a, is that a folk tech panel? Yeah. Oh. You could tell, right? That's, that's yeah. kind of the style. Do you guys know that we have folk tech and Seattle Lombarde and Mordax and Moffinzeef and LZX and Maleko? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because 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 Portland is ground zero for modular. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like the modular capital, right? Experiment on his new modules and stuff. Uh, he's gonna make little videos, and we're all gonna test out his his gear. So that'll be fun. Dope, dope. That's dope. So, um, do, it, do you all have some of those 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 people that you just named coming down doing synthesis stuff at the synth library? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, Ma uh, Ross, who uh, runs Moffinzi, facilitates hours regularly and also teaches workshops for us mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Actually, um, uh, he sent me a module not long ago. It was cool. We just kind of started chatting and stuff, and I wanted to check out the the um, which module is it? Actually, I did a little. It's the the yeah, one no. that kind of does random. What is it? I'm, I feel bad that I'm. The Muskrat is his last one. The GMO is the sampler one. What did you say the last one was? The Muskrat. Muskrat. No, it's not the Muskrat. Um, I'll, I'll get back to it. I'm going to pull it up. Yeah, but yeah, that's dope. He seems like. It's called what? Deviant. Yeah, Deviant. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I was checking out the Deviant and I actually I got to. Um, one of these is going to be going back and I'm going to put Deviant in here. I was, I actually did a little quick video where I was running Deviant and um, Central Tech uh, random and making some crazy stuff. It, it actually sounded like they were having a conversation together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love, Ross, I love Ross's modules. They're awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, I need to get that that Morpheus. That's what you, what you got up there. Oh, oh okay. This is the S1. Yeah, this is the synth library site, so I recommend people go to the actual site so that you can find out some nice information. There's a donate button at the bottom, so that should, you know, empty some people's pockets into there. And, yeah, and if uh, anyone's so, ever in Portland, you can. There's our contact information on the website. You guys can come check out the synth library and hang out with us. So yeah, yeah definitely um, go to the website. You know. And, There's uh, a facilitator page, and you can read all about who your teachers could be and who you could hang out and play synth with <laughs> in, in Portland. Nice. 
And see that, see that should, donate button? You should you should go to that. <laughs> Y'all should do online workshops. Have you ever thought of that? Someone, wait, wait. Maybe one of our viewers wants to buy us a video camera, actually, because part of why we don't have good enough or video cameras, I'm not even joking. And we okay. have gotten donations of computers from a local nonprofit, but they're really, really slow and not great. Um, so, but once we have a good video camera and some computers, we will be so happy to live stream and internet. We're talking about. There's a place called Signal here, and we've been talking about maybe working with them. They did a did public access, but um, they still do. But they're focused on like teaching and doing video stuff. So we might start. Um, what one of our goals for this year is to do have our own like YouTube channel, so we can do like basic patching videos, and people can talk about what they're doing in the synth library. So that's like hopefully our next project once we move. Yeah, I don't think people quite realize what the what the cost and upkeep is when just just doing a simple YouTube channel and that kind of stuff. You know, needing proper cameras and all that stuff, especially if if you're um, at a project that's not for profit and yeah. that sort of thing. It, it can be it can be difficult. So um, that's why I urge people to donate. Like if if you um, have the means, you know, help other people out by donating. It's it's a really good idea and. Um, might keep you out of hell. I'm not sure how that stuff works, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it yeah. does. Yeah, I read about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't I don't know the science behind right it. I'm there. just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, yo, speaking of the the donations, though, like, do you all have like donation drives? Yeah, we just did one, and we'll do one again when we move. So we'll probably do a spring slash summer one. That's like. For programming in the synth library, and um, the last one we did, 4MS did a match, which was really awesome. So we raised about eight oh. grand for <laughs> rent and overhead and all of that stuff, um, which is the biggest struggle for us is keeping the doors open. But we make it happen. So that's awesome. That's dope. Yeah. That is real dope. And when you guys move, what, what, um, where are you moving to? Is it uh, just a different place, bigger place, or? It's, what's, what's the space we're now is bigger, but the synth library, the new space is bigger. So we we're getting too many students in our small, right now the synth library is 200 square feet ish and the new space is about 800 square feet. So we're going to have like, we're teaming up and doing like the recording studio, synth library, and then we'll also have DJ hours. So we'll have like X DJs and a tractor controller oh. so people can come in with DJ facilitators and come practice on our gear too. So it's nice. It's like, it's going to be even better than it already is, which is always what we want. <laughs> That's dope. So it sounds like it's growing and it's, you know, you created like a pretty successful situation. I dig it. Congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So Ken, you got anything we're uh, running up on a, on an hour. So you got anything in closing? Uh, I'm probably supposed to, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just been working on a lot of different stuff, so I don't want to run down the list of it because it gets really long and nobody cares, um, until it's out. So, uh, I'll just say that, uh, I am going to put up, hopefully this weekend I'll have part two of the Ossetron video up. Uh, I'm going to focus all on the digital filters inside of it because it's really quirky and cool. Um, uh, Trying to think what I'm allowed to say. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut. There's that's, cool, that's cool the stuff that's coming, and I'm just not gonna talk about it yet. So yeah, that, that's the problem with being involved in development and testing and having NDAs and stuff. Because you know what, I gotta tell you. So I got this MPC X sitting behind me right here, and I know there's people waiting on me to do a review, but you know, it's still kind of in. It's kind of in a in the final stages of development and testing, so. I always kind of go back and forth, like, what can I say? What can I say? And always asking you know, questions. I, uh, am I allowed to tell people? <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? So, but uh, I've been using it a lot. I think it's going to be a real dope stuff. But, oh, hey, I do me... have one quick plug. Um, tonight, I will be performing live at uh, the roller rink with my kids for family skate <laughs> night. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's going um, to be dope. Yeah, hey, we have, have you all heard? Coming oh, up too. Um, I'll be teaching okay. workshops for 
women at Superbooth in Berlin next month and also uh, sitting on some panels about gender in the modular industry there and also in Prague. And then the next month we'll be presenting uh, workshops every day at MoogFest. Yeah. Do you want to talk yeah. About um, yeah. So we have workshops uh, for female non-binary folks, open for all, and then also Russell Butler and Kamei Moore Mother are going to be teaching workshops with us on sound and resistance. And Russell's focus more on like patching and um, their background and personal history and an introduction to modular. So we have a nice synth library program all in one at MoogFest. So we're all really excited about going and hanging out all weekend there. That's what's up. Actually, I may be at Moldfest. I went a couple Yay. of years ago. All right. Come hang out with yeah. us in our synth library room. Yeah, that's what's up. I'll be there. I'll, I'm, I'm come kick it. Yeah, I might be there. I'm, I'm still cool. working on the details, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. after that, I'm we're doing Women's Beat League is doing a residency in Cambridge at this art space, so we're teaching uh, DJ skills, and we'll have a study week, and then I'm going to be hanging out in London and hopefully playing some shows and maybe using the live forms or Mother 32 to play live. So that, be fun. that is such a dope name, the Women's Beat League. Mm-hmm. That's just real dope. Like, let me ask you before we get out of here. I was planning on kind of wrapping up, but now I'm curious, which I, I forgot I wanted to ask about um, your DJ setup. Did I ask that already about your what your DJ setup is no, like? Like, I'm like I'm really flexible. We have a Tractor S8 that I use sometimes. I really like using all four of the channels, and a lot of the times I'll use XDJs. And uh, I was talking earlier. I've been trying to sample modular for my DJ setup, so I'll try to use three XDJs or three turntables. Or usually I focus on CDJs or a Tractor. Have you have you messed with like the F1 and um, some of the cool stuff you can do with the F1 is you can have it auto stretch. So if you if you sync sample into that, like let's say you have a, a sequence running on your modular, you can sync sample into that and then have it trigger off and it'll automatically time stretch to your set. So it's, it's well, I've never used that. I need to try. Yeah, it. it's really fun. Um, that was I, I haven't used it in a while. I I, I was involved in development on that one a while back but it's really cool that you can actually you can fade things in and out and you can trigger off different banks of things and it'll automatically stretch it to it so if you're if you're working from like a steady clock or something on the modular but you're you know doing transitions to your songs and going up and down you can use that to kind of bridge the gap in between which is really fun no, and I'm gonna have to spend more money. <laughs> <laughs> that's always the that's always the thing. That's what goes through my mind and like almost in a meditation way when I'm just before I'm going to sleep. <laughs> that's always the thing. That's what's up. so hey, okay, we're gonna we're gonna round things up. It's been real dope having you on the show. I love the idea of the women's beat league. I love the, the synth library and all the stuff that you you both are doing, and I appreciate you coming on. You got open the invitation to come through anytime. You know, let's, let's, thank oh, you thanks. so much for having us. Yeah, yeah thanks for coming. Um, so yeah, yo, this is the Beat People podcast. We don't beat people; we are beat people. And uh, <laughs> make sure to go to beatpeople.com and check out some of the uh, sample packs and T-shirts. And actually, um, I'm actually. Oh, it, I don't know if this is the right word, but I'm, this is one I'm using. I'm retrofitting all of my sample kits with MPC expansions um, because obviously that's what I use all the time is MPC. So I'm going to have a lot of uh, uh, MPC expansion going on with the kits that I got out there. And uh, yeah, so also you know, I, I support the crew. So make sure you are checking out soundsandgear.com. Make sure you're checking out fluxwithit.com. Uh, uh, for the latest gear news and the interviews and stuff, go to bboytechreport.com. And for any of y'all that want MSX audio sample packs, I can give you 10% off just by using the code bboytech when you check out and uh, support the crew. This is hey, Corey. Yo. I'm going to interrupt real quick. One last thing. I do have one yeah. thing to plug um, because it's some friends of mine. I, I forgot. I literally just set it up today. Um, <laughs> Ross Lamond, um, the uh, Eurorack case manufacturer out in the UK, um, mm -hmm. he's going to be on my show, the Synth Summit show next week, along with Chris Randall from Audio Damage. So um, check that out. It'll be Sunday at some time in the 24-hour spectrum of Sunday. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I'm very specific. <laughs> 24 hour spectrum of Sunday. That could be any time. And then he didn't even say which Sunday, right? <laughs> next Sunday. Next Sunday. Not this Sunday. Not tomorrow, but next Sunday. Yeah. I'll tell you, that's the first time I ever heard anybody be that vague, the 24 hour spectrum of Sunday. <laughs> I'll be like, I promise man, you, it'll you be. Say be there. What time? It will happen in there. some evolution of the future. I guarantee you. <laughs> Word up. Okay, so yeah, we, we're gonna get out of here. But just to let you know, uh, we got more guests coming up and more dope conversation stuff. Next week, we're gonna be back with uh, Blake from Yamaha. We're gonna be talking about the Montage Six, which my review of the Montage Six will be up here sometime in the next forty-eight spectrum of the. <laughs> you know, forty-eight hour spectrum. Uh, so yeah, all right. Signing off. Uh, good checking y'all out. Bye. Bye. Thanks.